So what, what's going on with you out there, um, my friend? Any any trouble since the move? Anyone harassing you? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. They 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 made sure that even though I had lived in that location for eight years, and uh, you know I was had no problems, bill paying, all that stuff, all good. Uh, when this group of folks, the cabal, I like to call them, uh, got together. A series of events took place that uh, led to some extremely intense stuff. Um, I can tell you about one thing because it's not in the movie, but um, after some some events, which are you'll see in the sequel when it comes out, occurred, um, I woke up in my uh, hospital room and um, I was on the floor, not in my bed, but I was on the floor. <laughs> And I was face down. And for some strange reason, I had my glasses on and my face was really pressed against the ground. And so the floor was cold and I was in this, you know, like surgical gown. And uh, when I got up or tried to lift myself up and get up, something pushed me down immediately. <laughs> and so I, tr I, I put my hand down in front of me the second time. I tried to push myself up again. And this time I was pushed down even harder so that my face was against the floor. And I could see in the corner of the reflection of the lens of my glasses, you know, the part that was sticking up from my face, that um, there was an orb just above my shoulder and that there was possibly a second one behind my head and that they were pushing me down on the floor. And so um, this nurse came into the room and screamed and said, is there a fire on you? So I called them, get the, you know, get some water. And I was like, no, 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 they're orbs. And so then this other lady came in who was a pink lady behind her. And so both of them were yelling and the orbs lifted up and let me up and then went out through the window. And so they kept yelling, is that a fire? Is that a fire? Should we call the fire department? And I said, no, they're orbs. And that was a highly unusual experience that, uh, you know, just occurred tied yes. into this whole other event. And there, there's been, since I relocated, there was this wondrous period of like about a month when, because I had just so totally decided to just, you know, I knew that the things that had occurred and led up to uh, just part of that were too many coincidences to just be circumstance. And that um, a lot of this came after the announcement of the second film, which the second film is going to raise the bar so high for UFO research and for the quality of film that needs to be delivered. And I'm, I'm you know, really proud of the work that Justin Gar did on the first film. It is a you know, magnificent movie. 
We went to Belgium. We went to Switzerland. We were in Italy, Canada, the United States. And everybody has had the same reaction to the film. And, you know, it's wonderful. Um, that said, there's a lot more story. And, you know, um, yes. it is a, a human narrative. You know, the, the second film as much as the first one was. Yeah. But and by the way, I need, to, said, I need to ask you about the first uh, documentary, by the way, before we sure. go into that. I just wanted, right. to, yeah, I just wanted to quickly ask you about how did the Netflix uh, special come into come into the uh, picture? By the way, well, they 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 tracked our film while we were in the film festivals, and literally when we were at the San Francisco International Film Festival, um, they had been tracking us. I guess since we tried to submit to Sundance. Oh, okay. And I see. Uh, you know, Sundance is like they call it an independent film festival, but right, it's really not. And so you know, um, they had been tracking us. From that moment right up till we came to the film festival, they have another arm of their company that does business with them called Virgil Films. Virgil Films approached us as distributors. And uh, so, to make a long story short, we did a deal with Netflix and ran the entire full uh, two years. That's the maximum that they allow for original content not made or for or provided for by them or produced for by them. So actually we went a little longer than two years. I mean, it was like two years and two months or something like that. But um, the movie is still available on Amazon. Uh, you know, you can buy it at Best Buy. It's available on iTunes. All the VOD platforms are still running it. And of course, Virgil is offering it on uh, YouTube and it's been renting quite well on YouTube and quite well on all the other platforms. So um, that movie is still, you know, got legs going to festivals or actually being requested by festivals when most films that have already been distributed or solicited or been on something like Netflix usually don't get an opportunity to go to any festivals after that. But the movie has such a good rep because, you know, like I said, Justin did a marvelous job of creating, uh, you know, a very uh, emotional compelling film. You know? Sure. And why was it pulled exactly from Netflix? It was pulled because they only allow a two-year maximum for stuff that they don't have any part of creating. So oh, in other words, okay. let me put it this way. This, <laughs> this is my theory about it, okay? Mm -hmm. You know what happened to uh, uh, Darabont's movie? I, I can't remember. what It was a ghost movie or something. Um and he was a director that did Twister, and he put out this ghost movie, and Blair Witch was released in that same month. And Blair Witch cost somewhere upwards, you know, the real number is somewhere about 100 grand or something like that, not including advertising or what have you. So here comes Blair Witch out of nowhere, and it just completely decimates the box office. It still holds, you know, it, it, its reputation really, and the reason they made three other very badly made films compared to the original, just in <laughs> yes. my opinion, is um, that that movie was like a wrecking ball that took Hollywood down, basically. And it's this tiny little movie. And once they had been through that, to the degree that Blair Witch just completely knocked them on their butt, our movie had the potential and still does to do the same thing. And when they saw the cut of the film, it was done. They shoehorned us into, you know, a two-year deal. And, 
you know, um, I use that that term um, mildly because out of respect to them, it's a wonderful thing from my standpoint that the word got out about UFOs, albeit through a story about my my screwed up life, you know, but nonetheless, it also came out in a fashion that isn't somebody standing up on a soapbox with their latest book, uh, you know, shoving it in everybody's throat right? Um, and saying, you know, follow me. I'm this holy person of UFOs and I don't smoke dope and I don't drink. I'm born again. I'm like, you know, every time somebody preaches to me about sobriety and this genre you could and curse that in, in general in life, it occurred yeah. to me immediately that you want to sell books. You want to appeal to somebody because of your character as a person who can fall in with all of these requirements to be considered. And I'm like, you know what happened? Our movie came out and I'm the oldest hippie in the world. And I still am. And it did great on Netflix. That's true. Canada and everywhere else. And the reason is because people right away realized that we were not putting a front, you know, this is not a book we're trying to sell. It's, you know, it's a, it's a real subject and it's driven by human narrative. And it's it has to be that way because, like I said, I've got scratches all over me right now from crawling around in Manzanita trying to find a new location to film, you know. And uh, it's not easy when you're 60 years old and you're dragging around a little old dog that wants to chew his butt every five minutes. So Everyone loves that dog, anyway. by the way. I do too. He drives me crazy sometimes, but he's my manager, so I can't make any legal decisions without his okay. You know, understood. That kind of thing. And by the way, I thought yeah. you were going to drop an f bomb there for a moment, and I was just saying you can curse on here if you'd uh, like. Can I? Yes, I, I can. wasn't sure. I have a reputation for doing that. You can, but I never go in expecting that because some shows are very conservative. Hold on for a second. Oh, you can tonight. By the way, everything's good to go here. Good. Well, I'm 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 clinging on to this antenna. So I basically have a tinfoil hat on that I made very quickly while we went off the air for a few minutes. And I'm Perfect. holding the antenna with my foot, trying to become an actual receiver for this. So, um, yeah, ask questions. What do yeah, we want? Uh, you know, I, I, one thing also, too, I wanted to say, um, this also comes in tandem with them geoengineering our area to the tune of $16 million announcing it on the news just three or four days before all this other problem with me not being able to connect with you happened. Yes. And uh, after I told you the military rented all these cars, all this other stuff, they raised the gas prices after spending $16 million to pollute the skies, to put shine on it, to, uh, to create a possible a solution for global warming, which the solution is Stop riding around in your jets with your big fancy suits and polluting. That, that's how we bring down that. Stop creating so many greenhouse gases. Um, you know, uh, stop promoting uh, coal industries and stupid shit like that. Right. Let's all go completely solar. I'm ready. How about you? I'm look where I'm living. I'm in the wilderness. I can barely even talk on the telephone. That's true. I'm so <laughs> right. I'm so, <laughs> but yet here in a rural, rural area. Right. They're doing the same thing. Like, you know, if you come into a country like Iraq and you want to get rid of the insurgents, what do you do? Well, you take away all the cars that they can get a hold of, right? Boom, that's gone. Then the next thing you do is you geoengineer the place, 
So it's either raining every single day. So the whole desert is turned into a giant mud puddle and none of them can move around and they're all pinned down in a cave. So you can find them very easily with drones, right? In my case, it was a helicopter that showed up three days before. And that, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is on my YouTube page. Any of this stuff that I'm talking about, you can see it on Cristo Rapolo on YouTube. There's hundreds of sightings of UFOs on that YouTube page. And they're all in real time, filmed by me, edited by me. And the last one was them spraying just this crazy, noxious stuff. Then, just like if they were coming into a country, on top of them not having cars, not being able to move around, being pinned down in case, now let's raise the price of fuel in their own country so they can't afford that either, right? <clears throat> now, all of a sudden, they're riding around bicycles, and we can pick them off much easier with a drone. The same thing when we saw this helicopter, my roommate and I, we immediately put our iPads up in front of our face and start filming it immediately. And what happens? An orb flies right into our shot and just kind of darts right by the helicopter, which then ducked right down behind a tree, all on camera. It's on my website in broad daylight. And then it just does like a Starsky and Hutch and kind of narrowly avoiding any tree branches or anything. We're talking about a running helicopter with the door on the side open. He just dives underneath the horizon and out of our view, right? This was just four days ago. And, you know, that sighting in, in, in Watsonville, next day, tents shows up, military, they show up, cars, gone, people spraying the sky. Now, next thing you know, pices go through the ceiling, boom, Cristo can't do an interview on the radio, boom, right? But I got my tinfoil hat on and they didn't count on that, so. I know, I'm glad. I'm glad you were able yeah. to put that, that bad boy on and do the interview here. Yep. It's not moving. I'm keeping it steady right now. So Very Let's good. Continue. Very good. And for those that don't know, uh, Crystal is actually in California, if you haven't picked up on that yet, and which yes. we were making reference to uh, in the beginning of the, of the last uh, little program there that we were doing before uh, it, it went to a uh, shit there. Um, yeah, <laughs> we were we were talking about the importance of um, the importance of the demographic, especially where you are in that location. It's a hotbed yeah. for UFO activity, as we were talking about before. Yes, yes, and my my research is now because I'm much closer to the area that I used to be, like you know, an extra thirty miles away from. Um, now, I've I've come to realize that you know that two things are happening. First of all, the the extraterrestrials, the orbs, they're totally real. I've seen them within 20 feet of me. They've made they they've made me do things physically. They've caught, you know, it it's it's those are totally extraterrestrial. Wait, wait, wait. Entities. What do you mean? What what do you mean they made you do things? Well, you know, in the first movie they made me crap my pants behind a tree. That was really real. That little orb I saw that. reached into my guts and started shaking around until I had to run by. and the reason that that happened... That was real? Which I... Oh, that was totally real. Wow. Um, they You didn't watch the first movie, huh? I did see it, but I, I thought that okay. was sort of, you When know. I talk about, yeah, my, my gut started janking around and I had to pull my pants down behind the tree. Uh, that was real. I thought that was and a in work. the second film... Yeah, it's in there. Trust me. In the, in the second film, we find out why that happened in the first film. So there's a reason for that. Um, and wow. Their, their ability to predict or to show you things about yourself and to show you what's coming in the future 
is quite extraordinary, and I'll just leave it at that. But um, so my theory about the activity over the mountains has expanded to, I believe that those mountains um, not only have been the, the place where this time corridor is that these orbs can shift in and out from different dimensions, but that 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 entire mountain is like Dulce, okay? Mm-hmm. It literally, as I'm positive, okay? Remember, just on the other side of those mountains is Moffett Field. Moffat is where Skunk Works is. Yeah, a lot okay? of military bases there. Uh, yes, and I happen to know um, that when they did some work on the freeway, okay, uh, there was a lot of Army Corps of Engineers in the area, and they're there with very heavy equipment, and I'm pretty sure they weren't the guys building the sewer system, okay? And, you know, there's a lot of bases that have tunnels that go from several very innocent looking buildings. I don't know if you've ever seen the Andromeda. You know, it's funny you, it's funny you say that because I was just going to mention, there are lots of underground tunnels in Los Angeles and all throughout California. Right. Right. And that are used by the military as well. Correct. We may, we may lose reception if we go too deeply into that, but I hope not. um, Yeah. That mountain is, is believe me a place where some of the objects that I've seen, especially of recent day, and I posted a sighting before the one where they're blacking out the sky, basically, um, where a large triangular craft dimmed down, was hovering over the interior of the mountains inside of the valley behind the actual mountain peaks, while somebody with multiple flashlights was signaling up to it. And that suggested to me that this was a military thing I was looking at, even though I have seen the orbs, you know, make these shapes. But right. now I'm starting to believe that what's happening here is they're making those shapes because they're saying X marks the spot. <laughs> this is what we're interested in. What you guys are doing inside this mountain. Okay. And um, that mountain was the site of Mount Amunum, Doppler radar, which was a radar station for Fort Orr that was the largest radar station in the world. It was used to direct fighters with nuclear-tipped missiles to strike uh, Russian bombers in Cold War times. And in doing so, if they struck just one of them because they would fly in fleets, it would destroy the entire uh, squad squadron of, of bombers. You know, this is in Cold War times. So uh, eventually, after their Mavic drone research... <laughs> was was interrupted, basically, because the military took the top of Mount Omanum over from the Omanum Indians and uh, started the radar station there, which that's a 150-foot-wide dish, you know, so it's rotating uh, 60 times a minute or something like that, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, but now, because the research got interrupted so often by these orbs, and I have observed that, I've also observed that with a very famous person I won't say his name, but he was a, he's a musician nice. within the genre and observed these drones being surrounded by the orbs, which eventually after that happened enough, um, the military, actually it was about a year and a half, two years ago, gave the mountain back after taking it over for like 40 or 50 years to the Indians, replaced all the stone circles, took the radar dish off, but left the tower up as kind of a tribute to the military's thing there. And 
we in the second film do a sighting at the top of Mount Ummanum, and when you see what happened, I, what happens, I think it'll be uh, quite something. Very nice. So, yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, uh, how far along are you with this next film? Are you almost done? And if yeah, so, we're, we're very very mm-hmm. close. We're almost ready now to. Uh, we're 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 trying to tighten the film up. They they you know got the fun, a really beautiful edit, but it was just a little bit too long. We want the movie to you know have a and the pacing is. I mean, this movie is like the difference between Alien and Aliens. Uh, the new movie is Aliens. It's a you know it moves. It has a lot of action and pacing. It's a lot of strong emotional stuff. It's kind of um, the other comparison I came to just recently was. Uh, End game or whatever you know the new the new uh, Avengers movie. Um, it's kind of the the sequel is going to be the equivalent to that. Um, I don't think people are really ready for how much we've got for them. But in the two in, in the two years and three months or whatever that the first movie has been running on Netflix, we've been working on this new film the entire time, and um, the new director and my my co producers are such amazing talented nice team players that I've been looking you know I, the first director is magnificent you know he's he's very busy and he's in the Hollywood system he works for an agency and all you know so he couldn't come to do a second film and uh we really wanted to do this cuz you know it needs to be done and um yeah I I I'm really it's been very hard for me not to give away too much about the movie, just like it is right now. No problem. But no problem. There's many things we could talk about. So go yeah. Ahead. Do you plan to uh, submit the film to Netflix again and see see if you could get that up on there? That's up to them. That's up to uh, Virgil. I think by this time, you know, uh, you know, with all the positive reviews. Um, with all of the audience enthusiasm, I mean, here I'm still doing podcasts because of the first film. I mean, I couldn't really see them uh, not wanting to uh, to sign the second film, but right. you know, that's that's their choice. Uh, the proviso for me, of course, is that you know I'm I'm producing this film entirely, executive producing it uh, uh, with the help of my co-producers and. Um, we're making sure that nobody is owed a nickel, you know, for the film for right. pre-production or post or anything going into a deal. So going into a deal, um, we're not going to go in asking for people to pay our bills or anything like that. You know, we we want to go in 100 percent owning the rights. We And we do on the first film. We own the rights. But smart. Yes. You know, when, when you open the door on a, a big entity like Netflix and they run a trailer to 180 million people for a week. And then they, you know, <laughs> our, our movie was on Netflix and, you know, um, that's a big deal. So my hat's off to them for allowing us that long of a period of time to be in the public and to be recognized, you know, for what we did, you know, because, I mean, if you compared our movie budget wise to a hundred other movies that came out that year and years after that, they didn't do the kind of numbers we did. They, you know, uh, nor did they receive the accolades that we did. And, you know, um, initially there were some naysayers who came in from, you know, the other uh, UFO groups and what have you and were kind of negative and what have you. But eventually they realized that, you know, the public had spoken 
And um, so had the media. The media chose us. And I'm very proud of that. Very know? good. Very good. And of course, earlier yeah. when we were doing the original interview earlier today, before we uh, faced some interference here, I was asking you about the your, yes, the X-Files part. Uh, I was asking you about your childhood and all of this yeah. really started at an early age for you, eight years old. Mm -hmm. And you were telling us this story. I was hoping to go back to that so you could finish that story. I was uh, very interested in this uh, figure you saw. Yeah, well, it was Bo Winkle and I was asleep and it was, you know, late at night. And my brother and I were both in, sleeping in the bedroom and um, there was bright flashing red lights. And I, so I went, I, I was, my brother was in a crib. He was, you know, a baby kind of still. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I got up and I went and looked out through the bay window and I looked down and this thing that looked like an ambulance, pretty much, it was a big white thing, very big, um, opened a hatch on the top and a ladder came out and up the ladder came Bowinkle Moose dressed in a lab coat. And he looked at me in the eyes on the other side of the glass and, you know, I mean, he's talking to me, locked eyes, human teeth. And he says, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a little bite on the nose, Chris, but when I do, it won't hurt. And when you wake up, you'll be fine. And so he did. And when I woke up, um, my parents were in the bedroom. They were both screaming their heads off. And um, my brother had somehow or other climbed out of his crib and had systematically removed all of the diapers out of the hamper and placed them on the panes of glass in our bedroom. So our parents were freaking out because there's all these these poopy pants stuck all over the window to keep something out. Needless to say, my dad made sure that we always took a nap in the afternoon after that one, and he was always sleeping with us when we took a nap. Well, I mean, so, of course, there's, there's a shit smeared yeah. all over the window. Yeah, you know, so Good I don't know Lord. Between that. I don't remember. It wasn't me. I know that, so... But, uh, yeah, my, my, you know, my memory of that is still very clear. And I was like, I was telling you, I saw this prodigy video and there was Bowinkle and looking very similar to how he looked, except he had a, a black coat on instead of a, a white one. But nonetheless, it was still kind of a lab coat. And, you know, yeah, it was very strange. Had human teeth the whole bit. And I found out that there's a, an entity called Valcaron or something. It's an Italian depiction of an alien being. I see. It has horns like a moose. So go figure. And by the way, were you probed? No, but I have there also in the next film, we'll, we'll see some stuff that could have been in the first one, but I think it shocked some people so heavily. <laughs> um, they did find something in me. Yeah. Uh -oh. um, and uh, to this day, I still have a hole in me as a result of them trying to remove it the first time unsuccessfully. And the second time, uh, successfully, but the the hole is never closed ever. It's still open on the side of my ankle. It's one of the reasons I. That's weird. I can't do certain things because, or, and I'm not supposed to do others. But um, you know, when I <laughs> I have to wear a lot of socks if I'm going to go out into the field and be in a place where it's really dirty because anything gets in there, it's an open like ulceration that goes straight from my ankle into the bone of my leg. That was how deep they had to go to remove this these two objects, which you'll see in the second film. Well, that doesn't sound pleasant. That sounds quite painful. Well, yeah, you can all. I'll leave it to you. Uh, the picture of them working on my leg is pretty. You know, it's pretty vivid. 
I, you know, when I saw, I, oh, wow. I told him, I said, can you, can you, can you take some pictures and <laughs> film it for me? Because I, this has been in my leg for a long time and I've, you know, I have kind of a theory about that and they did and wow. we have it. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I can't wait to see the second film now. Yeah, it's going to, I can't, I, you know, it's, I can't put it into words. All I can say is that I'm really super happy that it is is seeing the light of day that it's coming out that it's it 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 came together really well and it you know um it's not it's it's not any less of an emotional ride as the first one was um you know the the subject matter is slightly different but it is definitely about what's been happening to me nice um, okay what's been happening you know in my my family's life um my meaning you know my boys that i live with my 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 two boys and um you know yeah i i i, I just, i'm under a strict code of silence so i have to kind of kind of step back from myself and make sure i keep my mouth shut and don't get no worries. too much cuz people are going to have goes. a really good time in this movie and i just can't wait one of the things about me too is i don't I have a strict policy of I don't sit with the audience and watch the movie with them. I I, I used to do that when I uh, made uh, science fiction and horror films, and it that should be the subject of another horror film that I would make someday. But I have a theory about directors being born when they sit with the audience, and I've been born once, and I don't need to be reborn. That's interesting. Um, my my director of the first movie went through that when we we released the film in San Francisco Film Festival and. It all worked out great, and the film did great, and the audience loved it. But you know, right in the middle of the movie, they had an old DVD player that stopped because um, it was supposed to. It wanted to change chapters and have it flip over the disc or something. So we had to literally go and get a different player and set it up. There was like a, a, a five-minute intermission in the middle of the movie, and the director, you know, of course, he wanted to sit with the audience, and I told him, I said, "You do that. I've been through it already. If you have any trouble." I'm in the bar getting drunk, you know, nice. <laughs> and sure enough, I got a phone call after like my second scotch and I was prepared. <laughs> something bad happened. Yeah. Something happened again. I don't know what happened. I think I there now. I think I got cut off for some reason. Listen, let me just tell you, my friends that are listening to this show, you are being in action. Trust me. Don't let people use the phrase conspiracy theory. There's no conspiracy. It's a fucking cabal. Are, are you hearing us? I'm not oh sure what happens. God. We keep we keep being cut off for some odd reason. I know, I know. Well, it's it's them. But listen, did you hear what I just said? I could hear you. Yeah, I heard you the whole time. Okay, good. Um, they don't want you guys to know this, and they're going to do whatever they can, like what's happening right now. Believe me, we're very lucky that we've gotten this, this much far out because they're number one upset about the fact that I don't know where I am. Number two, um. It's only me. And number three, I'm non-aggressive and I don't have any violent tendencies as far as my research or anything goes like that. I, I have no ill will towards anybody nor wish any negative outcome for the people who I am observing and the, the UFOs that I'm observing. I have, I have no ill will towards military or anything. That said, there are people at the top who don't give a shit about what I think. And, you know, um, in the second film, you will definitely – are you still there? I'm here. Okay, you will definitely find out how far they went to make sure that I can't do this at all, period. And 
that's going to be one of the parts of the movie that I think is really going to shock people because it's totally real. And um, there was a reason those orbs were in my ho- my my hospital room because <laughs> when you see, what happened to me over the course of the last six months is you know it's something out of a movie and it's in a mo- real movie about something that really happened now. Now it's not fictional. It's real. And so, like I was telling you the other night on the phone, I hope you understand <laughs> that I swear you as God is my witness. I could, could, could not connect to you. you my neighbors could use yeah. their phones. It was, you know, it was a complete blackout. Yeah, you know, you were telling me yesterday how, uh, before we even did the inter- interview, you said that I was going to have trouble. Uh, I guess yeah. you were right. Yeah, yeah. I, I know them. They're... And I went down to the harbor to observe the conditions after they had sprayed with this project uh, whiteout thing. And this is this this is maybe where we should I don't know if you want to continue with Cam, but I went down there to just look at this one place near the harbor that I go to, and um, I saw a group of scientists, and they were all posted around uh, the Oceanographic Society's equipment. And so I just said one word out loud. I said, geoengineering. <laughs> and then I went and parked and spoke to a friend of mine, Dino. That's his, that's his surname. He's a, that's a name he uses so he doesn't get identified. Um, and I was talking to him about you know me seeing uh, the uh, people spraying and what have you, and that they were going to geoengineer the shit. They were polluting our air, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm yelling. I got to get back in my car. So I got back in my car and I drove by. And as soon as I came up near the people that I yelled geoengineering, two sheriff's cars, word of God, flanked me on both sides of my vehicle, came up alongside of me. This woman who was driving turned, looked and, and, and smiled at me. I smiled at her. I said, I don't think the word geoengineering... (laughs) is disallowed from being spoken. And she said, time to go, which I've heard that out of several police officers' mouths in conjunction with my research or having said something like that. And I said, but wait, and she said, again, time to go. (laughs) So I pulled away from the two of them. They turned around and went back towards where I was standing and talking to this person on the beach on the phone. And then as I crossed over this bridge to leave the harbor, there were two CHPs to escort me out onto the highway. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping I could get that out without no, no, I'm being here. broken up again. Yes, I'm yeah. just so that, that baffled really by this happened all. just the day before we did the interview and you couldn't talk to me. Yeah, you've been having some strange uh, ordeals it's, it's, with me, lots it's not of people. Strange. It happens. This is this is. This is the job title. This is, you know, this is the job description. This is if you're really doing the research, if you're not just taking some old data from 1954, the Roswell papers, you know, let's let's get the whole thing revealed. I'm like, disclosures already happened, man. Just go to my website. Look at that shit. What are you fucking high on crack? That's (laughs) real. okay? I don't go out and pre-plan some guy to go fly balloons or, you know, uh, have helicopters move through the shot while they're flying in formation around the helicopters, or, you know, there's a, a league of boats 
that are in the ocean when a triangle manifests itself right over the top of them. And the fishermen, and if you look closely on some of those shots, are actually pointing up at it. I mean, I've had people, when I'm signaling, get so terrified by just the idea that not only were these orbs manifesting in front of us, but that they were mimicking these signals that I use, you know, where I make triangles and stuff like that. But um, not everybody likes what I'm doing, you know. Some people, they're just, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great until they, you know, tell you it's time to go. Until they take you it's away. so great. Yeah, or when they interrupt your interview in the middle of, you know, two or three million people or whatever it is, you know, listening to you talking it, or, you know, when they decide, okay, enough people have seen that shit on Netflix, time to pull it, <laughs> right? I had people complain so fiercely to Netflix that they shouldn't pull it, that they should let it just run as long as it can. Yeah, I'm not sure why they, they did that. Do it. I'm I'm not well, quite they, sure why. Like I said, it, there was a it was a it was a big distraction, and there was a lot of people who and who continue to watch the movie ten or fifteen times a week. I was seeing numbers I couldn't believe of people that and because when it got off Netflix, then they started buying the disc so they could continue repeat watching the movie. I'm like, man, you know, that's heavy. I have that is heavy. And, you know, I'm with my producer and we're walking through like a Target or somewhere, some just random place. And people walk up to me and they're like, dude, there's a movie. You know, like, I never had that experience before. Never. Yeah, that's you know, pretty I, cool. I didn't expect it even after the movie came out. So, yes. And going but, back to um, your YouTube channel, a few things mm-hmm. actually caught my attention. But the one that primarily f- that I found fascinating was the UFO uh, jellyfish. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're the only well, other person f- except for my father who actually saw something with my mom uh, back in back right. in their home. And my dad actually had described it as being uh, transparent and like a jellyfish. And you're the only yeah. other person I've ever heard uh, describe anything like that. Well, they're very – those particular objects, I have no – if it's a machine or what have you, but they – Will they'll manifest, they'll appear, and then they'll try to start moving along with the stars. But once they get into a certain position where they're going to do something, then they break formation and they start doing their thing. And the other night we saw two of them just before it really started, just the dome started appearing and we couldn't see any sky anymore. I um, see. And there was a big jellyfish hovering right next to these trees. And my, you know, my roommate's um, hadn't been out. It's two of my roommates have been out on the siding with me, but their parents hadn't yet. And they called me out at night and said, is that a UFO? I'm like, yeah, it's a jellyfish. What's it doing there? And I said, watch this. We'll get them to move. And so, yeah, I never point a pointer at anything, you know, a laser pointer, but you can make a circle around them. But to touch them is really bad because if you do make a mistake and you are shooting at something that's like an airplane, you can blind somebody. So never do that, listeners. Don't point the uh, the pointer right at the UFO. It's And think about this. If you were a UFO, it's kind of like pointing them out. If somebody wants to hit them with a missile, now you've just shown them exactly where to fire the missile. But um, yeah, the jellyfish, they're like a bus for UFOs. As far as I can tell, I've seen the smaller orbs actually enter into the jellyfish. And we have a clip that's in the movie where you'll see the UFOs melting into each other. And it's quite something. I mean, you know, <laughs> until you've seen, you know, real things just kind of just 
melting into each other. Amazing. Especially the size. Yeah. It, you, you know, that all of a sudden this thing goes off in your brain and goes, well, that's so, so much for physics and everything. We've been told about it, you know. Right. Um, yes. And just to quickly add on to this, you're out there in Monterey. Uh, we just said there's a bunch of bases out there. And where I'm at, there's a naval facility out here. And I'm wondering if perhaps it was an early uh, prototype that perhaps me yeah. and you maybe saw. And I've only yeah. seen a, a couple things out here in the sky a couple years back. But... <laughs> These TR-3Bs, mm -hmm. I've seen some really legitimate footage of TR-3Bs and of the several various different styles of TR-3B craft. And some of them are huge. Um, and they're, they have a cloaking system and they work with uh, – it's a nuclear-powered engine that reduces gravity about 89%. And once they get high enough up in the air – they use these steam jet engines to maneuver it like a UFO. And when they cycle this engine to a certain frequency, um, once it resonates to that frequency, they can, they can move at incredible speeds and they can cloak themselves to the point of invisibility. Some people believe that the pressure wave is so effective. And remember, this is like a flying submarine or a spaceship, okay? It's a completely sealed environment in there. You're talking about five guys sitting around this nuclear engine in a circle back with their backs facing each other, looking at monitors. There's no windows in these things, right? And um, some people believe that they can vibrate uh, the craft sympathetically using this engine to the point of being able to open a time corridor and shift from one place to another dimensionally. And that's why that's where you get a lot of the people who you know, are talking about bases on the moon and on Mars and what have you. And, you know, when you have, once again, Mr. Mike Pence, the guy who showed up unexpected after my sighting in Watsonville, uh, come out and announce the Space Force when, you know, <laughs> there's a space program. I, I think that's quite telling. I yes. Think it's, you know, but, you know, yeah. I'm glad you that mentioned that. All. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I did want to get into mm -hmm. a few other things. Um, you know, according to polls, more than half of the American public believe in UFOs and extraterrestrial life and history finds a way of repeating itself. And if you've been paying attention, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the media has been pretty much going crazy with the subject. The mainstream now has really taken a liking to ufology. Oh, yeah. I give a lot of credit to, yeah. you know, the history channel and the TV show, ancient aliens. It's really given a shot of adrenaline to all the younger generations coming up as well as the older generation. It served its purpose. True. No matter if they over sensationalized some of the material, it's TV after all. So I do understand from right. that standpoint. Um, what's your take well, on even with our film? It has to be, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I tell people, they go, you know, you should just, you know, let that uh, just, just, just show the whole shot, blah. I'm like, you know, when I when I smack the camera, there's this horrific noise, and there, you know, like <laughs> the camera moves. Up. I'm not leaving that shit in there. I'm a storyteller. I want people to, I want people to feel the same thing I felt while I'm looking at it. And everything you're seeing is completely real. Most people don't even realize that all the footage that's in the first movie is vetted. Okay, all the footage that's in this next film is vetted by Mofon, by the University of Arkansas, Montana by real astrophysicists who took completely unedited footage, took it to Montana, tried to analyze it and sent it back to us and said, there's nothing in there that's even on the periodic tables. We can't tell you what the fuck that is. 
the way they're communicating, the way they're moving, there is absolutely no connection to any kind of man-made object. We have no idea what that fucking shit is. Amazing. And so, I, I was just going to ask yeah. you what your thoughts are on TV shows like Ancient Aliens and other... I like it, mm -hmm. but what I the, the, for me, I want to know what's going on now. I want to know what is happening on now. that subject yeah. now. I want to take those people... Especially the guy with the hair that looks like Dr. Zorba. Giorgio Sukalos, yes. Oh, what a guy, right? You bring him along. Okay, bro, sit down. I'm going to do this thing with flashlights. Trust me, this is for real. And you're going to see it real soon, okay? Boop. Just like that, he's going back on the show and he's like, okay, we're going to take ourselves over to California now. Because I had a guy who was supposed to come who was a part of those shows. He worked on the National Geographic Asian Aliens thing, and he broke from the production show and said, you know, I'm going out on the road uh, with the Travel Channel. And then after he saw our movie, he decided he wanted to do an interview and come up here and, and, and see a sighting. But after I spoke to him for like two hours, never heard from him again. So, you know, wow. maybe the men in black grabbed him. I don't know. Or the station producer said... Nope, that's the Blair Witch guy. Forget that shit. We already are like, he was on Netflix. He almost destroyed all the networks. You know, that's it. Forget it. You know. <laughs> now that leads us to a, another thing here, the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, uh, which began oh, in- just announced yeah, by the Navy. 2007 ended, allegedly ended in 2012. $22 million, and many say it was a complete waste of money and resources. You had a well, that guy Alejandro was present during a sighting here. I right. had him standing within two feet of me, and uh, you know I, I, they dismissed our, my sightings as airplanes. And I said, "Here's let me let me explain something to you. In nature, there is an octopus that sits at the bottom of the ocean, and when a threat swims close, he makes himself look like this fearsome crab or a stonefish, and he looks so much like a stonefish." That all the other predators that want to snap that little uh, octopus up like a delicacy swim right by him, okay? When you're a pilot and you're in an aircraft and you come within how many ever miles it is of another airplane, all you see is a little blinking light, okay? Um, the ability to mimic and or camouflage and or fall in with the air traffic is an ability that these objects have. And there's a woman by the name uh, of Miss Cruz um, who a long time ago was presenting this, she relied very heavily on night vision, which I believe was at a disadvantage for her because, um, you know, people could say, well, those are any kind of lights. It's only green and black, blah, 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 blah. And I have nothing against night vision people, but she was right. She was the first one to say, these things can mimic the air traffic. And that's what they're doing. That's why one minute they look like a UFO and the next minute they look like a plane. And she was right. And in the second film, I can't, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but in the second film, you will see on camera in a close-up how these things are able to not only mimic the air traffic, but they fool me on camera, okay? Come out presenting themselves as a normal craft, and the director is telling me, no, 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 that's not a plane crease, though. And I'm like, you idiot, look at it. And then all of a sudden, they separate and reveal themselves as what they really are. And that was a moment for me when everything became crystal clear that all the naysayers, the so-called experts, Alejandro, the $22 million guy, all of them were wrong. Okay, And 
exactly what my director, Justin, said while these very famous people who have gotten the number one UFO researcher awards and have books and all this stuff. What my director, Justin, said the night that they had all their expensive equipment, he goes, you know, I'm looking on the image of your camera, Mr. So-and-so, and the image that's on Christo's camera is identical. <laughs> so um, I don't really see any difference. You know, that that's kind of striking. And Justin, to be fair, he doesn't really believe in UFOs still. He's still a skeptic of the highest order, and he went into it as a skeptic. That was a big part of we got to be skeptics as well in the film. And, you know, so. Understood. And what's your take on the, I believe, the company to the Stars Academy? What's your take on them? Well, I just, the, they, some of those folks were present um, during a sighting. Um, they called me while I was doing a sighting and, um, you know, said, uh, Christo, there's supposedly only two other people in the world that can do this thing that you're doing. And then they put me on the phone with a scientist who turned out to be Alejandro. And, uh, this very, very famous person promised me that they would come up here and that we would do the sighting. And afterwards, we would get together and show each other each other's footage, blah, 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 blah. And the next day, they were gone. <laughs> right? And um, they were trying to communicate with the objects that um, I signaled and uh, that my friend Dennis signaled and made appear. And they were they were trying to communicate telepathically. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, when we got the email that said, oh, you know, we looked at the images and a 6K camera and, you know, it looks like they're planes and blah, 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 blah. At the very end of this big, long-winded statement, Mr. Most Famous UFO Researcher in the World said to me, and I'm quoting him, but I will admit that I saw things that I cannot explain. And I'm like, okay, well, there it is. Yeah. Amazing. Very interesting. And, of course, this all yeah. comes at a very interesting time. The uh, Navy making a new protocol, a since right. uh, so many different identification program. Correct. That's pretty interesting, right? I wonder why this is something that's coming out now. Well, that was announced three days after they announced the geoengineering program. Three days, and in case you, people don't know, the Navy is more involved in this subject than you would think the Air Force would be, but it's not that way around. It's actually the Navy, and there's reasons like you know an Air Force an aircraft carrier. It's basically like a giant floating island. You want to have a meeting with the aliens. You do it out in the middle of the ocean where nobody can see what's going on except for people with brightly colored hair that looks like cotton candy and you know, <laughs> live at the top of a golden tower, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know people in the military who, you know, are fans of the film, who have had encounters, who have confirmed that to me verbatim, you know, just yes, including officers as well. So... Um, yeah, the Navy, their, you know, their research, they, they have, they have aircraft, obviously. They're testing most futuristic drones out at sea. They're, you know, landing, uh, the new rockets out at sea on, you know, I still love you platforms, right? Those are protected by the Navy. I mean, they're involved pretty much in every single aspect of research and many aspects of research that we have heretofore not been told about, but if God is my witness, I'm going to make sure. Right on. And, I've heard all sorts you know, of uh, different potential scenarios. Some have even said uh, this is like a Project Blue Beam scenario. I don't exactly see that uh, happening, happening exactly. But when I look back in time, 
to when the U.S. wanted to get rid of Fidel Castro, for example, the Navy wanted right. to project the image of Christ and making Christ appear to right. be a fan of America. Uh, now, that is amazing. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> how about the remote viewer program? Well, you know, that too. Few people know that's still going on to this day. You know, some say that some say it was um, disbanded, oh. but you believe fully that it's still going on t today. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's one of the ways that they caused the chife that, you know, we just experienced on the show today. Interesting. You know, and yeah, <laughs> they get inside your head, baby. You got to battle them off. <laughs> we manage. I still have the tinfoil hat on, so they can't Good. get inside my head. You got to right keep now. that. Yeah, you got to keep that on tight. And by the way, Justin Gard, right. we, you mentioned him earlier. Yeah, everything's good with him, right? He's still on board. Um, he's yeah. You know, he, I, 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 Justin is like I said, he's so busy. I haven't spoken to him in probably almost two years. Oh my, um, very busy then. Yeah, he he's a very hardworking young filmmaker, and uh, he and his wife are both in the business. And you know, do this again. Let's see if we get that to work. I got two gigabytes. Are you there? I think something. I think we're back now. Okay, we're back now. All right. I wonder why that keeps so happening. Anyway, uh, I have a, I have a, a feeling it has so a lot to do with somebody that doesn't like this conversation listening to it right now. But go ahead. Are you still there? I'm still here. I'm just really okay. confused by all of this since I literally had to uh, turn a few things off and back on. And usually it's Can not like that. you believe that George Norrie has turned me down? That Art Bell has turned me down and this kind of shit. I don't, I don't see anybody else's conversations being interrupted while they're talking about UFOs, but mine are. So there, go figure, you know, <laughs> I'm baffled by it all. My friend, I'm not quite sure that you're yeah. the only person I've had this much trouble with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's who I am. Mr. Trouble it begins with a T and ends with an E and it sounds like me. So there you go. <laughs> UFO guy, man. Amazing. Uh, you know, Justin found this stuff out really fast when he was working on the movie. You know, there are so many weird things that happen. And, you know, we have, there's a man in black that walks through the frame and in one frame disappears while one person walks in front of the camera and the editors were the ones who discovered it. And they were just like, okay, let's one frame. The guy's there. He's gone. That's impossible. Where'd he go? He didn't leave the way he came in the shot. He didn't leave the way he would if he was walking out. Where'd he go? And he's smoking a cigarette and the smoke disappears just like that. It's in the movie. When the, when Justin says, you know, I can't believe the crossroads of his life and he's walking by the bank and, you know, that my brother embezzled all the money. Look, there's right. a guy in black in the, in the background and he just walks in front of this couple and vanishes into thin air. So we have a real man in black in the first movie too. Secret stuff for you guys to rewatch the movie and see if you can find that shit. Very cool. And... <laughs> And we're going to end the interview very soon here. But before we do, I did want to ask you a little bit about your music. You sent me some tracks here, uh, some very interesting yeah. ones. Uh, I'm playing one. Are you all right? Oh, I'm going to play one. <laughs> <laughs> wrong wrong okay. clip. Yes, here we okay, go. Okay, we're going to go. All right. Th this sounds like a very uh, different kind of track here. I'm not sure if you could hear that. Oh, yeah, that's the most recent one I sent you. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. hardcore stuff. And then... I do some ambient stuff I think I sent you, and I didn't know what you would pick, so I just figured I'd send you a bunch of stuff, but... Yeah. Very interesting. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> you know, I worked very hard. For a long time, the record companies would go, you know, uh, you need to sound, you know, like, we, we need to... You know, <laughs> 
you need to sound very different than everyone else, Christo. So I made sure that, you know, that's what I strove for. But uh, it's an addiction for me. Electronic music is my girlfriend. So, you know. That's how it goes. And, you know, I, I yeah. did see video of you making some uh, tracks. It was pretty interesting. I did like the synthesizer, though. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's my favorite instrument. It's my right hand. It's, you know, that and cameras. I'm just a techie kind of geek person, you know. Maybe that's why they picked me, because I'm so good at getting the shit out to people. And I don't know. <laughs> but hopefully, uh, you know, they'll keep continuing to let me make my music and, and do my research, because I really like doing that. And I do it for to help mankind. Uh, you know, you got to do something, people. You got to do something to show people that you care about other people, too. And that, you know. That's important. Right. It's really, really important. And, you know, it's, forget about race, color, creeds, beliefs, whether somebody gets fucking stoned or not. Don't fucking worry about that shit. Remember this. There's only two kinds of people in this world. Nice people and mean people. And that's it. Okay. Uh, you know, um, all of the different various religions, that's just that that's. That's all just differences of opinion. No reason for anybody to fight. There's no reason for people to hate each other or shoot or hurt each other. You know, every time I see this stuff, we're then walking into a synagogue or a church or something, innocent people, I'm just like, oh, Christ almighty. You know, I say prayer. You know, I, I, I just, that's another thing. I'm a spiritual person too. You know, You're a religious guy. Higher power, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I, I do not. I do not discount the importance of that belief either, my friend. Believe I didn't know you were religious. Many, yeah, I am. Definitely. Definitely. Right when on. Come, when, you, when the stuff, I, I, I almost I almost slipped there. When, when you've been through some of the stuff that I've been through, which you'll find out about soon, um, yeah. I've always believed, man. You know, I mean, especially when Janelle passed and I was just so angry about, you know. Everything. Her, and just not being able to help her because, you know, I've been robbed basically by my own family. And, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot, you know. So you just kind of, you start learning. The older you get, man, you get a lot more with a smile than you do with, you know, anger and yelling and hatred. And it's hard for all of us not to be angry and do all of that shit, me included. But you just got to try. You got to make an effort, you know, and for everybody's sake. On this planet, the only way that we are going to arrive in a place and in a world and in a time where we have fresh, clean air and the environment is being considered and we're not destroying the planet, not hurting each other all the time, is if that is rule number one, man, you know, just try to, you know, is, even if it's just to say something nice to somebody, do that at least once a day. It helps. You know, great piece of advice for all the listeners out there. And I agree with you. And one of the questions I've been seeing in the chat room as we've been talking, lots of questions about about the dog and why he's wearing the cone. <laughs> well, he doesn't wear the cone anymore. He used to wear the cone, but now he's he's hold on. Uh, yeah, he 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 had to wear the cone because he was attacked by giant wolf hybrids and oh they literally tore him in half. And so. While we were coming through, while we were filming the movie and stuff, you know, he had actually been attacked while we were filming the first movie. And so Poor guy. Um, the 
these wolf hybrids chewed into his body. So he would try to gnaw at the scars when he was healing for a long, long time after that. It took him probably a year and a half or two years just to get him to a point where, you know, he doesn't do that to himself. But um, unfortunately, every once in a while, you know, his the scars do bother him and he... He'll try to get at him and chew, but we 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 we've pretty much lost the cone. Uh, you know, if he if he gets that way now, I put a sweater on him. He has a little turtleneck sweater that prevents him from from doing that. But we love Mr. Gino, and we give him a lot of massages. Now he's a he's 17 years old, so he's 104 some years old in dog years, and wow, he's still bouncy. You know, <laughs> he's still got pep. Yep, everybody loves the dog. Everyone's been asking about him. Yeah, he's my boy. He's my manager, and I make no business decisions without his consent. So, yeah. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I, I hope you're that. listening, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. So, go ahead. Love that. Well, I do want to thank you yeah. again for being a part of the program. I would look. I would love to go longer here, but we must yeah. wrap up here. And, again, it's been That's a fine. great conversation with you, and I definitely want to bring you back what on the program. What an adventure. It what was. What an adventure. Dr. Sinistar blasting us with his evil no-talk ray. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, when you pull back the curtain, there's always some guy behind that thing pulling the levers and pushing the button for the flame to shoot out of the picture's nose. So oh, don't yes. be afraid. <laughs> I'll definitely... And all of you that are out there listening to this wonderful person's podcast, thank you so much for being patient with us and hanging in there over the course of, you know, all of this stuff that happens. Now you guys know what I go through on a daily basis just with my telephone. So, um, I push through you all sincerely from the bottom of my heart. And I thank you, my friend, for giving me this opportunity to speak for you. No problem, my friend. We'll do it again on the other side here. So thank you so much and take care and be safe out there, my friend. Yeah. And if you can send me a link, I would really appreciate that because I'm going to put it up on my website too. You know what? People get a chance. You know, I'll do that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Until then, keep Mahalo. your eyes on the skies, everybody. It's real. Believe me. Peace. Bye-bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Mr. Cristo Rapallo, a great guest, a great human being. I had fun. I know it was a bit of uh, trouble there. Things were rough, but we pushed forward. And that, that's usually how it goes here sometimes, especially when you're trying to do a live show. You never know what's going to happen. That's what makes it kind of exciting, and keep in mind, boys and girls out there, if you are truly listeners and love the show, please continue to spread the word and tell people the show actually exists. Let them know what time it is. Don't be afraid to do so. I'd like to thank all of you out there in the chat room, and of course, you can catch the podcast version of this program on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and of course, CastBox. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Definitely subscribe. That way I can vibrate in your pants. 